Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Hey everybody and welcome to the second ever Weekly Grind. This is our, our little spin-off show where we just get to talk about what have we been doing. What have we we used to have this basically in the middle of our nerd to the third. Then we decided let's make that more of like a you know more structured. Uh, one more thing that we kind of forgot to bring up is Weekly Grind is going to be a more uncut version of us. So um, we do apologize for not letting you guys know that there are going to be curse words and everything. Uh, we kind of brought it up in previous things or in our update thing on YouTube, but just wanted to let you guys know. More For your like, ears only. <laughs> a more structured like uh, discussion podcast. And this one's a lot more just kind of two guys getting together talking, jerking off talking yeah jerking off yeah <laughs> anyways <clears throat> let's not scare your wife again <laughs> she's not here so it's okay <laughs> ah! i do have headphones in so you just did that for your own amusement <laughs> yeah much as masturbation is but okay <laughs> zing <laughs> Any hosers. So, like, um, this is very experimental. Like, we pretty much just, like, you know, like, went off on a big tangent, And if you didn't hear last time. But we, we did start with last time is we got to know each other. So, Nate, why don't you tell everybody where you're from, what do you do for a living, and, like, little stuff like that. Um, well, as much as I don't like to admit nowadays, uh, I am originally from California. Um, <gasps> so, that could My explain... Heart. <laughs> that could explain that explains why the I... lack of accent because you're exactly, coach yeah. and he's like, "Hey, everybody, how's it going?" That's my ninth yeah. coach. <laughs> well, see, my, mine mine goes in and out sometimes because I used to to, to continue on. I used to my first job was at a local radio station. Um, I guess I'll start. I'm from California, but mm-hmm. uh, whenever I was growing up, we would move back and forth from Texas back to California, and so um, in like 2002, we moved to Center, Texas. Which there's no need in looking it up. It's a little bumfuck down nowhere. Anyway, um, so I basically grew up there and I lived there for about 16 years, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. But my first job was at a radio station, which I worked at for six years. And so there, I did a buy sell trade show on the weekends. Uh, and for personality, I would hype up my for, for radio. How do you do buy sell trade on the radio? Like I can see like one of those infomercials like hey, the next item is a ring and like they're like like doing the whole hand model thing. How do you do that on the radio? You just um you know, I I, I had an hour block that I would, you know, sit there and I would ba- I'd take calls and they'd be like, "Hey, I've got such and such for sale. If you're interested, give me a call, blah blah blah." And then I'd hang up oh, and wow. then I'd I'd reiterate it and be like, "Hey, so so and so's got this for sale, but um, to ham it up just so I could, you know, have that personality. My, my accent would be a lot more thick. In there, oh, so. you do it on purpose? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do it super bad, but like, Hi, for, exa- for example, uh, d- like, give me, give me the accent. I have to hear it now. Um, oh, well, let me. I'm trying to think of the intro I used to do. Hold on a second. Um, good morning. Thank you for tuning in to the General Store here on KQBB 998.5 KDET. Um, that's what I would do for the for the intro, but I'd be like, all right, you got something you want to buy, sell, trade, or give away? Go ahead and give us a call. 5985 blah, blah, blah. 598 blah, 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 blah. 
I'm not actually going to give yeah, the number on like, it. It's not like super overdone. It's nice and no, subtle. No, yeah. It's, I like it's, it. Yeah. It's, it's subtle. I, I wouldn't be it's like, well, like, here, I'm not, from Texas. Yeah, you don't have a straw in your mouth or anything like that, but it's the definitely there. Yeah. <laughs> so let me tell you something about Sally. So it'll it'll you know it'll 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 come and go. I, there's yeah. probably several times on the show where I've said like a like something that had a little bit more twang on it than than it was supposed to. But yeah, that 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 for anyone who's listened to me for a minute, it explains why I don't necessarily have uh, an accent. But yeah, so as as far as what I do now, I work for ADT, uh, the security company. I install security systems for for people and. Has a lot of customer experience, job. So you're the guy to call if somebody wants to break in. If you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. <laughs> um, but other than that, um, I really You know, one thing the- I've always been curious, I don't mean to interrupt you, but one thing I've always been curious about, one of the reasons I do a lot of songs and stuff, other than just being an absolute nerd, is that I used to be in, like, choir. So, like, seeing stuff, like, comes natural to me. Like, mm-hmm. is your reason because you worked at, like, a radio, so, like, you always have, like, these random songs going through your head? No, I've just always loved music. Like, I yeah. actually, it's funny, the station I was at, the there there's... Uh, one there was an AM station for like community stuff, which is where my show would be on, and then the FM oh, okay. was where they would play country because it was a you know a country music station, oh, which I absolutely in hated. Texas. What? I, I, well, I know. So that was the thing. I wanted to work there, but I hated the fact it was a country station. Um, oh God, so, I know, right? You know, there's you know the main thing I take away from that job is the jingles for the shows. So like the the um, the intro music for the song was like. <laughs> so sometimes in my nightmares i hear it (laughs) (laughs) but no i've I've always loved music like my dad um i grew up my my dad like loved creed and so i listened to to creed a lot and then he he funny enough showed me lincoln park which even he is like i shouldn't have because lincoln park for anyone who doesn't know is very much i hate my dad music like, <laughs> like Chester Bennington, R.I.P. Still sad about that. Did you know that was a year ago? Now, today, like or like? No, no, no. Like last week, it was a year ago. Oh damn! Really? Yeah. Yeah, it, that blew my mind. But yeah, if you listen to the lyrics, like pay attention and listen, it's all about how much he hates his father. Oh wow! And so, but um, it, yeah, I've I've always ahead, I've, I've I've always uh, loved music, uh, different types. I. I have this thing, and I don't know if everyone is the same, but um, I have a thing where I relate things, whether it's movies or music, to times in my life. So mm, if I'm okay, feeling yeah. like real nostalgic, like I'm kind of in a, in, not in a bad mood, but I'm kind of in like a, oh, I kind of want to escape somewhere. I'll put on, like for example, the other day, um, Flyleaf. Flyleaf came on, and that time of my life where I listened a lot to a lot of the, a lot of emo music, Flyleaf, uh, Paramore. <laughs> I was in that mood, and so I would play uh, play that music. Um, yeah. And I kind of do the same thing with movies. That's why I'm so good at movie trivia and dates, is because yeah. I'll remember. Oh, this came out around the time I was doing this. In <laughs> oh my yeah, life. that one time that chick dunked me. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Oh yeah, pretty much. 
Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah, I've, I've always been curious because, like, me and you definitely play off each other as far as, like, I'll start a song and then you'll go in with me and we'll, like, finish it together or whatever. But we, that's always, like, one of our quirks. So I always wondered where that came from. Mine was, like I said, you know, being a choir boy. So it was, like, I just naturally sing something. Like, you said the word jingle and all I wanted to do is jingle, jingle, jingle. You can hear those sleigh bells ring. <laughs> I am yeah. both Chris Kringle. I'm the king of jingling. That's all yeah, I wanted of, to do. It. I have to yeah. stop myself sometimes because <laughs> the same thing would happen like on streams, and it's like I do, I don't know if people liked it or if they hated it. Like I mean, I never had that many viewers when I did do streaming. I mean, I haven't done streaming for a while now, but it's like I don't know if they liked it or hated it because like I would just randomly just like start singing or I just completely go into like a different voice. And so that's the thespian in me. I'm just like, you know, Oh, how old thou? Yeah. I just thought of a, a funny one. It's relating back to what I said about as a certain, certain time in my life. Um, yeah. I remember the first time I discovered Skrillex and dubstep. And so <laughs> like I listen like, my taste now, I listen to a lot of like lo-fi music, like chill mm-hmm. kind of hip hop instrumental stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. I also listen okay. to a lot of a lot, lot more hip hop than I used to. So every now and then, I, I don't want to listen to that. And so the other day, I was driving home from um, from a job I was at, and I was like, "Man, I haven't heard Skrillex in a while." When I tell you, my body was convulsing to the music in the car. <laughs> I was like a dubstep like maestro i was like like i was just doing all like i was i was in traffic and everyone was looking at me like what the fuck is this kid doing (laughs) oh my god um there's this comedian i saw on facebook and he's talking about how he likes techno or whatever um and he just loves it when like the beat drops because it's like yeah but he's he had this nice big set i want to say it was about five minutes about what he likes about like techno and stuff and yeah it was actually really funny because it makes sense if you think about it yeah i mean that kind of music is designed to do you do you remember the kick of the um music that would get you high no do you know anything about this you high so there was this like physically or just like mentally like it's well like like, like okay wait is this music to listen while you're high or is this music that would f- like actually so get you high this was music that was developed to so like i remember there was an app that me and my friend had checked out and <laughs> it had different like drugs on it and so there'd be like marijuana cocaine whatever oh, and so whichever one you picked would play you'd have you put headphones in like inner headphones and the tones and the noises that were made from whichever one you picked were supposed to be designed to stimulate the same feeling you would get from doing that respective drug wow interesting it was kind of trippy like there were like we did one for lsd and it was like (laughs) like it's supposed to access like the like with the tones it's supposed to like try to scramble the frequency it, anyway it, it, i can't tell if it worked or not but i remember me and my buddy got real giggly we were like oh this is weird <laughs> this is weird that's funny well yeah, i mean like, like if you think about it like 2012 yeah i mean if you think about it, it's kind of like hypnosis it's like you can't yeah, be hypnotized much. unless you like believe in it so it's yeah. like if you believe in it then it's very possible that like something like that could actually like make you high or like oh god I have to go pee now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was very interesting. 
Yeah. Um, what else have you been doing? <laughs> or what? Or no, no, sorry. Uh, take two. Let's go. Fourteen forty. Um. Um. So let's see. We went over your. We went over your drug problems. <laughs> yeah. And we went over your job. Was there anything else? I guess. I guess that's. Yeah, I guess that's it as far as like getting to know you. Getting to know yeah. you. Getting, getting to know, know all about, about you. you. <laughs> I mean, other than the fact um, that I'm a giant Star Wars nerd, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. I mean, so like, I guess let's start talking about like what what have you been doing? Like, what it what um what movies have you been watching or what have you been playing? So movies, I actually just showed my wife for the first time a Nightmare Before Christmas. On Sunday. What? How old is she? 26. Oh my goodness. She's a youngston. She never she never watched it and we wow. we got done and she goes, "I liked it." She said, "But, you know, I I I I don't really see what all the hype." And I was like, "Well, that mostly has to do with the fact that everyone who watched it watched it when they were a kid, so there's like that nostalgic kick to it." Yeah, um, and but I, also she's not a big musical person, so well, that kind of had a lot to do with it. That, too. and then it's like, if you're not into, like, I don't know, like, the gothic kind of lifestyle or whatever, it can be a little bit harder to watch. Like, I like the imagery of um, Nightmare Before Christmas or whatever, but I don't know, like, it never really it never really spoke to me in like the same way that if somebody who is more of an emo or just somebody who's more into wearing dark clothes, dark, just into darker stuff. Like they would enjoy it way more. Cause it's like, it's already kind of down their alley. Like if they are the type of person who listens to like Marilyn Manson or whatever, then it's like, I feel like they would, they would enjoy that movie way more than I could because it's like Marilyn Manson versus like what I listen to nowadays is like Jack Johnson kind of music, you know, like very mellow and like guitars and vocals. Make and stuff. banana like, pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, and then I'm, I'm kind of like you where I have different moods or whatever where I do listen to other music, but that's kind of like my overall mood of of late and so for me to go like that and then watch this super dark movie where it has certain like happy songs or whatever but for the most part it's like get not the santa claus throw them in a box yeah <laughs> like well, it's it, like it, it, it's really going, up stuff <laughs> going yeah going back to like watching it as an adult like there right. there also is a lot to appreciate like especially if you if you're very musically inclined or if you you know like theater right. like like you know c- cinema um and like even like being in like for me you know theater being like thespian or or, or performance enjoying any kind of performance it it does yeah. have a lot of merit to that and it's actually there's a lot of nuance that's that's in it like the animation yes. in particular I'm like I forget how cool this looks like it it you, I know that it's the anim like animation I've seen before but just the way the camera pans around to make it actually look like it's an actual set like that's because that's in is, this world. Right. Well, it, yeah, but like how it's not it's dynamic. It's not right, like right, static okay. animation. It's they do a lot to to expand that. And it also just re it also just does a lot to re-cement my appreciation for Tim Burton and his art. Cuz it's very 
strange. That's always the weirdest thing about. Um, that's always the weirdest thing about Nightmare on Elm Street. He doesn't produce it. He didn't direct it. He doesn't have that much credit in the actual movie itself. But you mean Nightmare Before always Christmas? Say, yes. Sorry. What did okay. I say? Nightmare on Elm Street. And I was like, that's oh. two completely different. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yes, I meant Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, but everybody always associates Tim Burton with that movie. But he actually, like, I, I really want to know. I don't know, like, if anybody's, like, listened to the commentary or something. Like, what actual involvement did he have? Because he wasn't the director. He wasn't a producer. He put his name well, on it, obviously. But that yeah, was I, that like his story credit or something? I'm like I'm I'm little legitimately confused about that. So I'm um, I'm actually looking that up right now. But of course the it, the title of it is uh, the story is by Tim Burton. Oh, okay. Okay, it, okay. He also did he also did produce it. But yeah, it's established as Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Right. You know. So. Well, it'd be um, it'd just be like it'd be like another I, I guess another example is like. I don't know. It's like producers. It's funny when a producer gets more credit than like the actual director or whatever. Like mm-hmm. when something's like produced by Michael Bay or whatever, it's like you very rarely mm-hmm. like know who the director is. I mean, I guess a good example would be um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ones, the most recent ones. Those were not directed by Michael Bay. They were produced by Michael Bay. But like, if you told me that he directed it, I would completely believe you because it's like lens flares, explosions, <laughs> spinning. <Right. laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, it's like, I, as far as the music goes, like I completely agree as far as like, not only that, but like, Disney's back then just had were way more musical. Like I, I would think I would say the only, the only Disney movie lately that's really had a really good like music track to it is uh, Moana. And people like, would argue Frozen, but I would say no. I would not because there are so many songs in there that were just so janky did yeah like, they, they were so like for kids you know like disney princess kind of thing where moana was like anytime i hear how far i'll go even though i've been around uh, my relatives who have kids who play it non-stop i still yeah. get goosebumps like i still feel a yeah. swelling of emotion every time i hear that song yeah and i mean frozen for me i just never jumped on the bandwagon but it wasn't just that it was it was the music it was honestly the music and it wasn't that as well produced in my opinion and there were like a lot of times where it's like they would rhyme in certain places but they wouldn't rhyme in other places and it's like and so it's like i'm expecting the next um line to be like snow for instance but instead they say something completely different and i'm like ah it just doesn't have that same like songs don't necessarily have to rhyme, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's like when they set up their songs in certain ways where they do rhyme sometimes, but then not other times, it really messes with the flow of the song. Yeah. So something I would check out, cause I don't know if you're aware of this, um, but uh, on the 10 year anniversary, I think it came out in 2008. There was an album that was called Nightmare Revisited, which was a remixed album of all the songs from Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's pretty awesome. So, for example... Isn't that the rock one? Yeah, it's the rock one. That's where you have the Marilyn oh, okay, Manson. Okay, yeah, we this talked Halloween. about that before. Did, did, do you know the the corn version of Kidnap the Sandy Claus? 
Oh God, that's my favorite. Oh, they so they picked the perfect good. person to do that one because I love yeah. that little that bass tap that they bing ding 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 ding, ding, ding like yeah the, the way they like tap the bass instead of like strum it or whatever and like that and kidnap the Santa Claus like it was just like well like yes, also it they fit so good. Um, Oogie, Oogie Boogie song is is turned into a an instrumental by Rodrigo uh, e Gabriela. Rodrigo but it's like it does a lot it does a lot of cool like you know when you're the people play the guitar but also do the percussion on the on the guitar as well oh nice so it's like like strings and like like hitting it like it's a lot of that and it's really really cool but yeah i was listening to that and i'm like god i miss this (laughs) it's like i i almost wish in some ways like if they could have a remixed version of the movie where they just put those versions of the song in the movie i think that would be like you know or if you could like sync up the album somehow it's like you press play on the dvd and the like your stereo system and if you could sync it up some way somehow so that like the songs come on and it's like you mute your your tv or something because it's like in many ways it's like i much prefer the revisited versions of them i honestly would be totally okay with a remake of right Nightmare before christmas because i think they could do a lot of really cool things um yeah. with it nowadays and the movie i mean it's i thought it came out in 98 i think it actually came out in like 92 oh yeah yeah, it's a, it's a lot older than you would think, and I think that also says something about the art style and the way they made the the way they made the movie. Um, it's timeless, you know. Even something like let's say Incredibles, the first Incredibles, it definitely shows its age, even though it was very technologically advanced at its time. It was still you could still like the difference between like Incredibles one and Incredibles two is just like night and day. Right. Just like Toy Story one and Toy Story three for that. Oh, for sure. Like you can see like they used, like, especially in Incredibles after knowing what I know now about games, um, like (laughs) you're going to slap me, uh, Legend of Zelda breath of the wild. Mm -hmm. They do. The Incredibles did a very similar thing with their art style to where to make it look like, hey, it looks really good. But if you notice, there are some things like the way it's animated is to not show every nuance of the of the like, um, what's the word I'm looking for of the texture, but oh, okay, to still yeah, make yeah, it yeah. look good. Like it's it's kind of a similar thing they did back in the day is to push as much as they could with the technology that they had, still make it look good. But if you look close enough, there's things there that aren't exactly great. Yeah, um, it's like but no, I, I, I when totally they were agree. talking about uh, Nemo, when they first made Nemo, they could have made, like, the water and stuff look, like, uber-realistic, but they decided not to so that, like, it didn't have, like, an Uncanny Valley look to it, basically. Right. And then they just did that in Moana instead. Exactly, right? Oh, my God. Moana doesn't get... I feel like Moana does get enough credit, but also doesn't. Because I feel like there's a vocal minority of saying, no, Moana is better than Frozen. And then a majority still being like, yeah, but Frozen's still blah, blah, blah. No, like Moana it, is definitively a better movie. I, I feel like it's the women. The women, like, uh, they they prefer the two female leads over the But see, that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense to me. Simply I, because... I totally, Mo- I totally agree. Moana is a better Disney princess because she's like... St- 
I don't want this is going to sound so wrong, but they even said this. They even said like in the behind the scenes for Moana that they wanted to have this very strong like female lead. And I'm not saying that mm-hmm. that Anna and Elsa aren't strong, but even other women have said this before that they still fit the classical Disney princess trope where Moana does yeah. not fit into that mold. Definitely. So, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I think it's Disney purists that want to say that Frozen's better, but yeah, Moana's got the rock so. in it, dude. Like, come on. Yeah, come on, yo. <laughs> but uh, besides that, um, I've been playing a lot, lot of Spider Man. Lot of Spider Man. <laughs> How much would you say? A lot. Now we're supposed to say fuck ton. We're, we're supposed to oh a fuck ton. Nice job. There you go. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you guys talked enough about Spider Man on. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm not going to uh, talk too much more about it. I'm not going to talk too much more about on it. On Nerd and uh, Third, well, if you guys want to hear Nate go on forever about <laughs> Spider Man, you can go to Nerd to the Third. Our episode came well, out on so, Monday. So, so there is I, I, there is a question I want to ask you because um it. I got brought up to me. There's someone on my uh, Instagram that I follow that has just played Arkham Knight for the first time, oh, and geez. did a did a comparison between Arkham Knight and and, and Spider Man. You've played Arkham Knight, right? Oh yeah, I played all three. Did you beat Arkham Knight? Yes. Did I beat you Arkham Knight and I beat Ark? I beat Arkham. Uh, Ar- I beat Arkham Asylum and I beat Arkham. Well, no, I guess I did beat City as well. I forgot. Yeah, so I beat all three. So in Arkham Knight, how much of the Riddler trophies did you do? <laughs> I'm not a completionist, so. <laughs> so, but how, like, did you do a lot of them? Oh no, not th- not that much. Okay. Um, well, so once I found out, okay, so I wanted to 100% it, and it was actually probably one of the very first games that I was legit like excited to like 100% it. But then when I found out, I went to the Riddler and we did like the first part of the the boss battle, and then he's like, "Okay, well come come back and fight me after you get all my other trophies." And I saw how much trophies I had left, and I'm like, "Nah, fuck this!" Like I was like legit, like, "Oh, this might be my very first platinum," and I got so excited. But it's like then I had to do all this menial crap all over the place, and I'm like. Ugh. It just kind of killed it for me because I had this momentum going, you know, like I was like I took down the two face. I took down like a couple other guys and then I got him and it just completely killed my momentum because he was like one of the last people I had to do. And it's like instead of having this like bombastic ending, it's like, oh, hey, go get all my trophies. I'm like, fuck you, Riddler. Yeah. So I did. Um the unfortunate thing about Arkham Knight that really, really is unfortunate is in order to get the true ending, the final ending Quote of unquote. Arkham Knight, you have to beat all of the side quests. Exactly. So to beat all of the side quests, you have to collect all of the Riddler trophies to beat the Riddler. Mm-hmm. And so unlike you, I, I share the same sentiment, but I remember when that happened and I remember going to myself, well, fuck, I guess I'm collecting all these trophies. <laughs> and so I did, and so I have. I don't have a. I don't have the platinum in it because the challenges still kind of trouble me in, in, in some of them because that involves getting, doing all of the or getting a certain percentage on on the challenges gets you the platinum. Um, but oh, that's even gayer. The reason why I'm asking is um, 
<clears throat> because one of the things he was talking about in his like Instagram review when he was talking about it was um, how he he you know to him Arkham Knight is is a better game than Spider Man, to which I see a lot of the merit that he says. In in my response to it being, I feel like both do things very well, but some do better than others. So like Spider Man, I was I was giving it an example. I think Spider Man's collect collectibles are bar none some of the best yeah in recent for multiple reasons one you have an incentive to collect all of them yes because you get things and like i was tokens and then you can right yeah exactly like i was telling him like this is the first time in a game i'm not done with it i'm i'm in act three like i just finished act two but i have completed most of the collectibles like I, i have like 52 backpacks and i have like maybe four landmarks that i haven't photographed yeah. Um, the challenge is the only thing I'm waiting on because I, I hate those challenges. But um, I, as much as I love, like we were sitting here kind of gushing about the Batman games because I was like, man, these really are some like top tier Batman stuff. And I love yeah. Arkham Knight, but the Riddler trophies were just so tedious and it was just yeah. such a struggle. Yeah. And I mean, like, here's what I would say about Arkham versus Spider-Man. Arkham makes you feel like Batman. You know, you can't argue with that. But Arkham Knight in particular, a lot of people had a problem with the um, the car and the Batmobile driving around, certain things that you had to do with the Batmobile. So, I mean, I feel like that's a negative point. Now, for Spider-Man, I think the biggest thing that makes him a more interesting character, and this is before you even take the game into consideration, but the what makes... Spider-Man, a more interesting character, is his struggle between his life as Peter Parker and his life as Spider-Man. And for that, I feel like it's a more, it's it's a better representation of the character because it's like we don't ever see Bruce Wayne, even though that's part of the struggle. But it's like, what do we really see of Bruce Wayne? It's like, you know, he's a rich guy. And so he goes out and he acts like a dick sometimes because it's like, well, he has to, because he has to give that illusion of being a rich person. Whereas Peter Parker is this down to earth person. And so we really get to see his struggle. You know, Mm -hmm. he's trying to help out his aunt may at the homeless center and he's, and he's late on rent and he just lost his job and he's trying to get back with Mary Jane and stuff like that. And like that makes it a better experience, in my opinion, because it's like Batman. You, If you want to be Batman, you can be Batman and that's fine. But it's like Spider-Man as a character. Part of it is also being Peter Parker. And yeah, Spider-Man does it way better. Yeah. I feel like also at the same time, it's unfair to compare Arkham Knight to Spider-Man because a lot of the greatness of Arkham Knight and a lot of the charm to it is it finishes out things you've discovered in city. So like, um, a lot of things that happen in city, they, they continue. It's Arkham Knight rewards you for playing it, especially if you've played asylum and, um, city. Yeah. And even, even origins to an extent, not, not so much, but the other two, it's like, oh, I remember this from this game, and like this feels so. This feels cool to to be like this. So to compare those two, I feel in some aspects is unfair to an extent. But I yeah. am excited to see. Like I said, I haven't beaten it yet, so don't tell me how it ends. Anyone, right. listen, any, anyone listening in the comments or anything? But um, I'm excited to see what Insomniac does with another one. 
Um, yeah. Because and see, yeah, with this I'll, being I'll their second, first. Right. I'll, I'll second what Brett was going to, or what Brett said, which is this being their first one and they already have all this groundwork versus it took them three to get a lot of groundwork and to make it this big open world big enough where you could drive around a Batmobile and stuff. And it's like, we got that big of a world and we got that expansive of a world on the first go around, not the third. I really want a, like, just because I've been just consumed by it because I love the idea. I want a sequel to be Spider-Verse. I want to have a hub world that you can travel between. You already have all the costumes, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I I think that would be awesome to do a event-type game where you're, like, your hub worlds, like, different sections are different universes that you have to cross. Like, basically the story that's in the Spider-Verse comic that we were reading, I want that. Because that would be super cool. Yeah. Set in like a bigger... And have like a nemesis system. Oh. (laughs) That... Okay. Now that you you say it that... When you say it that way, have like the... Yeah, the nemesis system from Shadow of Mordor. But it's like... How would they make that work though? Because like maybe instead of different costumes, you're playing as different Spider-Mans. So like recording like hundreds of different dialogues. So have have a nemesis system like we saw in Shadow of War, where okay. the different Spider-Men the, or Spider-People that you find are like allies in that in that extent. Oh, okay, so, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Be playing yeah. as one singular Spider-Man, but going to try and recruit the other Spider-People. Oh, my God. How would they? Oh, that would be that would be a nightmare to balance. But at the same time, I, if they pulled it off, like that would that would definitely be like the quintessential i would almost say save that for spider-man 3 at that point because if they did that what the hell would they do for spider-man 3 solid point this is a solid point yeah yeah so anything else you've been up to i've been watching a lot of agents of shield yeah really (laughs) like i i I dropped off after i want to say season two i don't know why it wasn't because it was bad. It was just because it's like, okay, yeah, cool. You know, um, I I kind of didn't like how you really, like, I watched it probably well after the fact. And so the fact that it tied in with, like, the movies was cool on the one hand. But on the other hand, it's like all of a sudden something would happen. And, yeah, sure, they did an okay job of, you know, sneaking in, like, little Easter eggs here and there about, like, about okay this is what happened and we're going off but i almost wish like at the beginning of the episode they'd be like watch thor to understand what the hell's going on so uh, agents of shield has now and i'm not saying this in a negative sense so don't take it as one has now kind of become game of thrones uh-huh in the sense that so with that they still do that in later seasons tied to movies that are going on um yeah. But they do, like, for example, in season four, I believe, uh, that's around the time that Doctor Strange was coming out. But what they do now is instead of having that be, oh, hey, we are still in the same universe and they'll drop a name, they'll have an event or they'll have something that's related to that, like, like main movie, mm-hmm. but in their, in their own, like, in, in the show. So something will right. happen. Like, for example, in season four, they, there's this book called The Darkhold. And it's something magical that's kind of related to Doctor Strange. And it it wreaks havoc throughout the season. But the reason why it's become Game of Thrones is because I'm in season five right now. And season five, 
in a good way and in a bad way, is pulling a lot of things from like stuff that we've inter- encountered before in in the series of Agents of Shield, and mm-hmm. is like paying off with with those. It's like oh shit, I remember that. Oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. But also, I will say that probably. Apart from Daredevil, I think Agents of Shield is some of Marvel's best TV content because yeah. the writing, the writing is great for nerds, um, because Coulson, he, he his quips are so relevant and so funny. There's one I think in season three, where he he is setting up this distraction, um, and he has a he, he's a hologram, but the character that he's trying to distract doesn't think he's a hologram, and so when he discovers like it's a hologram it shows the gag and he's like he goes help me Obi-Wan Kenobi you're my only hope <laughs> and so he does stuff like that a lot um, but also the writing is some of the best I've seen in TV because mm-hmm. it, it it there's one last part of the season in particular where there's a hint of a character's gonna die at like at the be- at the be- at the end of of an episode they show this scene you don't they don't show who it is and so for the scenes following to the end of the season they're asking the question oh is it this person oh i saw them wearing this jacket that that character's putting that jacket on is it him and then at the very end it's it's nobody who you would have guessed oh yeah and they they are able to hold that writing and hold that that context like throughout through through to the finish um and it's just it's so interesting. It's funny because like I try to watch like Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Ages of Shield, these Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But while they were going on TV, I was getting so overwhelmed because they would literally be like an episode Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And oh, so God, I got right. to the point where I'm like, I'm just gonna have to like wait till they come out to Netflix and binge them. And then when they came out, I'm like, I'm not in the mood for any of these. Oh, and God. so finally I was like kind of debating it was like three weeks ago it's like let me start agents of shield immediately watch like four episodes and i'm like why did i wait so long (laughs) but it's something that i would it's something i would honestly go back to um because season one and season two kind of are very tropey because they're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out kind of figure out who they what the show is but it really starts to get its footing in three and i'm not saying this in a hey you have to watch this until three because it gets good it's still good but right. in in season three, they finally kind of click of oh, this is what we are, and then they just mm. run to the hills with it. I mean, it's it's great. Interesting. Very very interesting. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's great. one of those things. It's one of those things I kind of want to get back to. It's like uh, yeah, but it also kind of gives you that feeling every time you watch Avengers, like when you hear the Avengers main theme. Like anytime yeah. I watch the show, it kind of gives me that same feeling mm, of like cool. sweeping cool. This is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm buckled in. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it is something to say, like no other company has done it where like they have movies going on, but then they also have like a side story going on and, you know, linking them together in such interesting ways. Like, um, who's the guy, who's the guy, uh, See, I'm bad with names. I hate when I do this. But who's the guy who ended up in ended up being a part of Hydra? He was one of the main cast in the end of um, being a part of Hydra. That is um, Agent Grant. 
Grant. Yeah. So yeah. like when that happened and it was right around obviously the same time that like Captain America um Winter Soldier was coming out, like that mm-hmm. the way they like mixed it together but then also put it into the show in a really interesting way is like, you know, what other company has done that? You know, yeah. you could say the Arrowverse, but the Arrowverse doesn't have movies that are coinciding with them. Whereas Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does. And so it's like two mediums meeting in a really interesting way. And it's like I would argue that the Arrowverse might not have really happened if we didn't have Marvel doing what they're doing. Yeah, the Arrowverse, when it started, like especially with Arrow Season 1, I was like, oh, cool. They're putting a lot of Batman villains into this. So I'm kind of getting... I'm kind of getting a Batman story because I'm having the same villains, but in a different character that's new and interesting. And then, like, I don't know. I've got to get back into Arrowverse, but there's just so, so much now. Like, I loved Flash. Now I can honestly care less. Yeah. Uh, the only the only one that I'm still very interested in is Legends of Tomorrow because it does something completely different. I mean, it's well, yeah, going he- through time and stuff. Yeah, going through time. Yeah, it's it makes everything unique. I mean, there's an episode where they go to the '80s and they have to rescue George Lucas. Right, I and, remember and, that. And so you have like the two main characters who are Star Wars fans, and so it's just filled with quips and well, like one cool- Star Wars and one's Indiana Jones. Oh, that's true. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because one became uh, a historian, and the other one came. Yeah, one became an historian. One became interested in science because of those movies. Yeah, Yeah. but it just does stuff like that—that stories you don't typically see people do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of stories that people don't typically do, (laughs) um, I've I've been getting. I talked about this last week on our weekly grind so i won't try to go too long into it but i've been watching um season eight i want to say of the walking dead so far the shoe has not fallen and it's not crappy but it's also it's just like they make so many decisions that like i just don't get like uh, the perfect way to really um the perfect way to really explain why this, these kind of things frustrate me is that like season one and season two, for the most part, they would have flashbacks, but it would never really mess with you that much. Whereas this season, like there's these really big flashbacks, flash forwards. This is a dream. This is not a dream. And it's like, there's so much going on that it's like, I don't know like it's it's just annoying at this point it's not like artistic which is what they're trying to go for and it's like but no that's not and it's like what really makes that what really makes that confusing is that you just don't understand the order of stuff you know it's like when sometimes they go back and they're like they show the same like the same thing but from a different person's perspective that's different but when they go back like several episodes and then catch you back up it's like but why couldn't you have just done that chronologically why did you have to why did you have to do it and in certain instances i i get it but in others it's just like oh my god like the the last episode i just watched it's like they were just jumping all over the place. And it's like, why did you, 
why did you do it? And not only that, but like this last episode I did, they did something that they don't usually do. Whereas they showed a person's name and then they started showing the, the story from like their perspective. But the thing is, is that they weren't even actually showing it from that person's perspective. (laughs) Like the first thing was Michonne, but then a good of it, a good portion of that story also had to do with Rick. So it's like we weren't really seeing it from Michonne's point of view. We were seeing it from Michonne and Rick's point of view. And then right after that, they're like, Negan. Because it's like a black screen. It just has white letters, Negan. But we don't follow Negan. We follow one of his henchmen go to a junkyard and mess with the junkyard people. So it's like, why did you call it Negan? It wasn't even Negan's story. Negan told him what to do, and then he went and carried it out, but that wasn't fucking Negan. And then they finally had the one chick, and it was like, oh, okay, well, at least this one actually does follow her fucking story. And it's like little things like that just really piss me off. And um, if you haven't seen Walking Dead or if, you, um, if you're trying to catch up or something, please skip forward or whatever. I'll, we'll try to put it in the thumbnail, or we'll put it in the description where to skip to. But... So Carl dies, and it turns out that there is this flash forward at the very beginning of the season. So we're talking eight episodes. There is this flash forward that they showed, and it turns out that it wasn't a flash forward. It was Carl's dream. It's like, this is what I dream of happening in the future because he's dying. And then... And then... After Carl dies, it flashed forward to Rick and he's been shot and he's up against a tree. And it's like, what the actual fuck? So my question for you is that scene in particular you're describing, they, do, they don't treat it like Tyrese's death episode, do they? Because you remember that when he was dying and the whole episode was him like seeing yeah, things and, and no, flashbacking. it wasn't it wasn't really that it was like it was like a tried. full episode and then at the end was like oh hey he this is just no, a dream yeah no it was just like little glimpses but it's like that's how they started the series off this or this season they started this season off with a flash what you thought was like a flash forward because there was rick and he had like a really gray beard what eight or nine eight okay um, but he had a really great beard. Um, you saw um, Judith, I think is her name, like the little baby. Yeah, the little but now she's Judith. like way now she's way older. So you're like, OK, this is a flash forward. OK, but then spliced in between those flash forwards, you had a real big close up of Rick. And he, he looks he looks distraught. He looks sweaty. He he's kind of has like watery eyes or whatever he's saying like weird like biblical verses or whatever and then they don't revisit that for eight fucking episodes so other crap happens and then all of a sudden they revisit that it's like why it'd be it makes sense if, if like every episode started with a little bit of that flash forward and a little bit of that like what's happening with rick or whatever but it doesn't Instead, they completely forget about it and then bring it up again only when it's relevant to their fucking story. And it's like, I just hate it when they do shit like that because it's like, it just doesn't make sense. Why do a story that way? But it also pisses me off because it's like, okay, so they've been planning to kill Carl off for this entire fucking season. And it's like, 
Why would you kill Carl off? He is the reason Rick does anything. Yes, he has Judith, but Judith might not even be his kid. So it's like, he, and it's like, how much do you really see Judith in the series? Not that fucking much, but Carl is like a main staple in the thing. And for them to just like kill him off is just like, okay, so what's Rick going to do? Oh, that's right. Rick isn't going to be a part of the fucking show anymore. So there's not going to be a show like this show will not exist without Rick, but yet they're going to still try to go on without him. Like, no, fuck this. So the thing that got me about, and I think it's going to be this season before this season came out, which by the way, from what I've heard, every, everyone is saying season nine makes up for the sins of the past two seasons, whether that'll be the case continuing forward. I have no idea. But I remember when I saw an article that said that John Bernthal was coming, Shane was coming back. I was like, what the fuck is going on in this show? Right. Like off the top of my head, the, the only thing that I can think of that would, and then I remember seeing other things saying that other characters were coming back. The only thing that I can think of is that maybe in the season, Something is like, oh, this is, can actually be reversed, which retcons the entire fucking show because right. season two or season three is when you get the reveal of what he said at the CDC in season one of, oh, we're fucked. Like, you can't change this. Like, nothing can fix this. There is no cure. Right. So, like, I, I don't. So, for by the way, for, for context, for, for me, for anyone who wants to say anything, I watched all the way up until season seven, episode two. The after the episode when Carol went and discovered Ezekiel, I think is what his name was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the tiger, I was like, I I enjoyed the very first episode. I enjoyed the shit with um the guy who played um Trevor from uh, uh what's his name? What's his name? Yeah, from GTA. Yeah, I enjoyed his character. I enjoyed his performance. I enjoyed the the Glenn death scene. Like I I really liked it i was like that is a rough episode i i kind of like that they went that far and then they do what they always fucking do which is realize that they showed you a lot of really gory stuff and then give you a palate cleanser boring ass episode and from my understanding season seven that's the rest of what season seven was which season seven is so fucking boring which breaks my heart because i wanted nothing more than to watch god what is his name i'm I'm blanking on it right now Negan. negan Negan, yeah, Negan. What's his name? I don't know. I don't know I, names. Oh, damn it. Um, he's, oh, God. He's the Winchester dad. Yeah, I know. Um, hold on, hold on. This is going to bug me. This is going to bug me. Uh, the I don't know dead. real fill names. Time, fill 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 um, time. Um, oh, God, what is his But no, name? you're you're absolutely right. Seven is Jeffrey Dean the, Morgan. Yeah, there you go, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I really wanted to see his performance as Negan because I love him as an actor. But yeah. when everyone was like, season seven, like, just just don't watch it. I'm like, that's not something good to tell me. Like, Right, you could skip season seven and get right into season eight. I honestly don't know how much you would miss. Like, I would Other be fine than, just watching a recap of season seven. I think that's Right, all I, I think so. I honestly think so because there are so many episodes where just nothing happens nothing and i totally agree with you ever since season two and my my theory stays the same ever since season two they doubled the amount of episodes and therefore they had to have so much filler and so they'd have one awesome episode one shitty episode one awesome episode one shitty episode and then ever since season three 
the first half of it would be so jam-packed with awesome stuff that the second half of the entire season could not live up to it. And that's been happening since season three. You know, and I kind of talked about it last episode. It's like, I hate this show, but for some reason, it's like I want to keep watching because it's like I want to see what happens. And it's like I'm interested in that. But there's so many decisions that they make that I just don't get. It's like it's like Star Wars. We're not going to get into this. <laughs> so, so I don't know about you, but I argue that season four leading into season five mm-hmm. is the best The Walking Dead has been. Now, see, now it's. I feel like it's been so long. It's like what happened at the end of season four and then beginning of season five. So season four is is after when they were season they got the, split up. The middle of season four, yeah. The middle of season okay, four is yeah. when the governor stormed the prison, and then after yes. that, they were trying to make their way to Terminus. I think it yeah. was the name. And so I, I would agree, but then the lead up from the middle of season four to the end of season four was super boring. So then it's like they do the same thing that they all always do where it's like maybe the last two episodes are like really good. But it's like all those like six episodes in between where nothing's freaking happening. Like season four, I think, is one of the most egregious because it's like they have an entire episode where it's Dale and like fucking Betty. And they're like, oh, I want to uh, go get drunk. Uh, uh, I just want to feel something. And I'm like, oh. God, I like, hated that episode. But, right. but, 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 it did do, like, for me, I hated that episode, but it made two characters come together that hadn't had screen time together before. Maybe and there's so, a reason for that. So, <laughs> Beth, so, like, oh, oh, Beth, full, four Betty. spoilers, four spoilers in on this. Whenever <laughs> right. he's carrying her out of the hospital dead, I felt that. I felt that because mm. of that episode that they had. But still, now I will say that there are more egregious episodes than that one, but I agree with well, you right. and, wholeheartedly. And my whole thing is that they could have shortened episodes, and instead of having so much time with Dale and Beth, they could have interspliced that with what was going on with Glenn because like the next episode was like Glenn's story but it's like why couldn't they have just chopped those together we still would have gotten that emotional attachment from Dale and Beth but we didn't have to spend 40 fucking minutes of them just walking around sitting down getting sad ugh so my question maybe not specifically for you because you're still on, on 7 for anyone who's listening let me know in the comments Hit us up on Discord. Hit us up on Twitter. Let me know. In the later, in like in the in like season seven, season eight, is there a reason for me to care about Carol, or is there a reason that Carol is a likable character again? Because I'll be flat out honest, Carol has been my least favorite character for a couple seasons now. I mean, After, she's. What's the last thing you remember of Carol? Because she's a badass and she knows how to kill. Well, so here's the thing. Okay. The last time, the last time I I really enjoyed anything with Carol was whenever um, her and and um, Tyrese, her and Tyrese and Rick. It, it's when you make the discovery that she was the one that killed Tyrese's girlfriend. Oh, I was right. like, I was like, oh, cool. But the whole thing with Alexandria, the 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 thing that got me about Carol was Carol just became a bland character. the The most yeah. egregious thing, the most egregious egregious example I have is whenever the um, were they the wolves with the W on their head? 
Is that what they oh, were yeah. called? Whenever they stormed the place and like, you know, every, everyone was fighting. Um, now, granted, Morgan, not one of my favorite characters, but I understood what he was trying to do. And Carol literally went body to body, went, yeah, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. And just killed everyone. And he even looked at her and was like, what are you doing? I'm trying to figure out what's going on. She was like, I don't give a fuck. Meh, 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 meh. <laughs> and then like that was her for like a season. And I'm like, she's got no depth. She's got nothing else going on with her. Like, yeah, she's a killing machine. But like, I want to have some struggle with this character. Like yeah. all you're showing me is, oh, I'm I'm going to be a emotionless killing machine because I've my, my all of my family's dead. Like that's not interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say season seven, nothing really changes other than like she has, she become, it becomes more about survival than it is about actually killing. She changes a little bit in season seven, but the whole of season seven is like so freaking dull that it's like, like you said, you could get just the Cliff Notes version of it, start on season eight, and that's when all, like, the, I hate to say it, but that's when all the action starts. That's, that's when, when All Out War is supposed to that's happen. That's when the All Out War happens. And so far, I've been really enjoying it, um, and it's definitely taken some good twists and turns. But then, like I said, there's just certain things. It's like, why are we going back in time? Why why is this happen? Like, another really good example uh, that it reminds me of is like Dunkirk. Dunkirk does this really weird thing where it like jumps forward and then jumps back. And then you see another character and he's in a boat, but then how did he get over here? It's like, it does this really weird thing with time jumps. And it's like, but why, why did you need to tell the story in that way? Like it doesn't add to the story. It just makes it confusing. It makes it very Nolan D I'll admit, but it's like, why do you have to do that? And same thing with walking dead. It's like, why it just, it doesn't add literally anything to the story to have this back and forth, you know, so here, to go forward in time just to go backwards. Like it doesn't add anything. It's like, oh, this is what happened while this was happening. Okay, cool. Like, but I, I feel like we could have figured that out on our own. It's like it's almost like it's it's hand feeding us or whatever. So another thing that I let's while while we're doing our Walking Dead bitching. Segment, <laughs> One thing that The Walking Dead introduced that I, I really don't like that has become a reoccurring thing is, well, A, in seasons, I don't, if, it's, if they're 40 minute episodes, don't give us 23 episodes a season. Yeah. But I really hate the fucking season blank A, season blank B. Yes. And every, like, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., prime example, only difference is, what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has done is it's different events. So the first half of the season... Now, granted, I know these other shows that do it do it because they have to hit deadlines. And right. so they'll like get to the middle of the season and then take like a six-week or, or uh, like a two-month break right. to finish shooting and getting together the, the rest half. But the way Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does it is there's an event. And like later on in season three and four, they actually have like subtitle, like in the intro title. So like one is agents of shield LMD and it's about like robots or whatever. And then there's another, like for example, ghost rider was in agents of shield. Right. Right. I remember like that, that, that's a whole event, like half a season. And so they do it in a cool way, but walking dead, like at least for season six in particular, I remember is first half. I was like, first few episodes. Okay. These are pretty good. And then they, you know, did their mid season finale. 
and then came back six weeks later and I'm like, okay, cool. I don't care. Like you're not doing anything to make me care or make me want to watch the rest of the season. Like the last half of the season. And that's exactly what I was touching on before. The first half of the season, they make everything interesting happen. And then like the second half of the season always seemed to be like, quote unquote, character pieces where you get to know the characters. And it's like, it's like there's just better ways to do it. It's there's better ways to treat your fans other than these stupid fake outs that they started doing, other than these long 40 fucking minute long character quote unquote pieces, followed up by this awesome freaking episode. And it's like what I what I actually hate about it is that that's how they get you. They have this awesome fucking episode that's like, "Oh my god, this fixes everything." But then they'll have like two episodes where nothing happens and it's like it's not really doing anything to the story. And they they got really really bad when you would not hear anything from a character for a while and then all of a sudden they have like half the episode dedicated to that person you're like oh well this person's gonna fucking die yeah yeah Yeah. it's like it's so i said that i wasn't gonna go on that long about this because i went on but it's hard it's just like it's so hard because like i said last episode of the weekly grind it's like i love this movie but i also fucking hate it and it's like i just hate the decisions that they go for and the things that they do because it's like i feel like the reason i keep watching is for the potential of this of this show not what they've actually turned it into yeah and also like i everyone assumed that after season eight that season nine was gonna be the last season or maybe even season 10 but now you're getting reports of like oh we don't have any plans on stopping it's like well then what are you gonna do like right yeah rick rick leaving the show what are you gonna do like he was the catalyst that started this entire show. Literally, he was the he was the Danny Boyle's uh, twenty eight days later, where he woke up and you got to see the world from his point of view. So he was the audience. He was the audience's point of view. He was the moral compass and everything. And even though there's been ups and downs and everything, he is the reason to watch the show. And then everybody else is just nice icings on the cake, basically. You know, you have all these interesting interactions and everything. But really, it's like the reason you you chime in every every week is because it's like, let's see how Rick gets out of the situation. And in most in most circumstances, that's how that's the driving factor is how will Rick get through this? And so for them to just be like, well, Rick doesn't want to or the guy, whoever, Andrew Lincoln, I believe. Haha, I yep. know names. You do know <laughs> names. You do know names. <laughs> um, um, he doesn't want to be a part about it anymore. I mean, I feel like what would really be interesting is a whole documentary series, like maybe like nine nine part document series like each episode would be like a 40 minute look at the season because like some of the behind the scenes stuff like especially with frank darabont like would be really interesting content to watch and it's not just frank darabont there's been other like show show runners that have like stopped and it's like each season instead each season instead of like getting more money they've been getting less and less money so it's like why this is like the biggest show on cable you have to be making gangbusters but instead they're getting less and less money there's a reason there's a reason 
What is it? What is it, Nate? Stop making the fucking show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, if it's if Rick's gonna end, it needs to end with Rick. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, it just it just needs to. You know what's blowing my mind? Why the fuck is why is the why is father why is the why is the priest still alive? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't understand. Yeah. I love him as an actor. He was great in Teen Wolf. One of my favorite characters in Teen Wolf. Oh yeah. He's a whiny little bitch in The Walking Dead. It's so oh. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get that much better. <laughs> Gabriel, that's what his name is. Yeah. We know Father names. Gabriel. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, Father th- Gabriel is his character's name. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, other than that, I've been playing a couple of retro games. I picked up uh, Costume Quest. Me and my wife are actually playing through Costume Quest 1 and 2. And Costume Quest is actually a lot different than I remembered. Because it's like we played Costume Quest most recently and it's like just the battle system for instance you have three characters so with one character you do the main attack by pressing square and so then it has this little circle and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and then right when it gets to the edge of the thing you press square again and then another character's triangle and another character's like circle or whatever and so it's like um i really like that and it's like obviously you have your different special abilities and stuff like that um and for some reason, like, I just had it in my head, that's how the first one was. Yeah, that's totally how the first one was. But actually, going back to the first one is very jarring because um, there's this one character that um, you'll fill up a bar, and right when it gets to that sweet spot, like in um, Gears of War, the reload sweet spot, right when it gets there, you push a button. But it's never the same button. Well, I mean, sometimes it might be the same button, you know, two times in a row. But it's never the same button. And I'm like, I do not remember it this way. And then you get another character. And instead of there being a bar that you have to hit it just at the right time, it's like, press X now. Press triangle now. Press circle now. I'm like, oh. And so it's not It's not you're waiting to hit it at the right time. You're hitting it right then. And so it's like, I do not remember this at all. I, for some reason, like... I combined one and two together and the systems or whatever. But I mean, the system from the second one is definitely more preferable because you can get down a rhythm, you know, you can get down that rhythm. And I mean, you're still going to miss sometimes, but for the most part you get down that rhythm and then it's like, it's, you know, you do like double damage or whatever. Yeah. There's costume quest. I never actually got into, but every time I think of costume quest, it reminds me of the heyday of, of, um, arcade arcade and indie games like summer of yeah. arcade at xbox i remember that actually being an event i remember playing the impossible game for the first time kim impossible the no the impo- the one with the the square that yeah. maybe you know what i'm talking about no idea oh my god look up rage quit impossible game uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll laugh for okay. like for like an hour yeah. but yeah it's it's a it's a fun you could probably get it on you could probably get it on mobile, actually. I think it may be yeah. like a buck or something, but it's it's very challenging game yeah. that um, I remember being really popular at the time. Mm. So, real quick, um, if anyone listened to Nerd to the Third, the episode for this week, uh, I made a comment about how Brett was talking about Kingdom Hearts and him mentioning it was already giving me anxiety. Just because I was curious because I've been meaning to do it, <clears throat> I went to code YouTube and typed in Kingdom Hearts story explained yeah. because I'm not playing 
all the other eight games to play Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm just not going to do it no, um, for multiple not. reasons. Why am I not surprised that both of the videos that are the top ones that are the most recent are 36 minutes and 37 minutes respectively? <laughs> so I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> hey, it's either 36 minutes or like... 12 hours 16 hours or or 16 something. hours that so. is fair that is fair i can watch this instead of watching a tv show yeah so exactly so that's not too bad i guess it's it's not you need to get off your fucking high horse <laughs> well see i have a thing with youtube that i i don't have add or adhd but i swear anytime i see a video on youtube that's longer than 10 minutes i don't want to watch it yeah have you watched the shane dawson thing then no really you not, should not it's, yet. I, it's actually I, pretty interesting there are times that I would just want to sit and well, see for right now. I have to get a new chair, which hopefully I'll I'll get one recently. But I have no cushion in the ass of my chair anymore because yeah. this thing's four years old. So I'm I I am hard pressed to sit at my desk longer than I have to anymore, which is very well. I mean, sad. just watch it on for your PlayStation. Is that how you watch your Netflix and stuff on your big screen? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, smart TV, yeah. So I watch yeah. it on there. So, so I could then, do that. Yeah, just do it that way. That's was how like an I hour do long? it, obviously. Well, each each episode is about like forty minutes long, and they they have about five pieces now. So, okay. So I mean, well, they're give interesting. me a give me a loose loose description of it. Like, um, is well, it I mean, does like, it focus on one thing or is it? Yeah, well, like episode one kind of goes into like Jake Paul's past and like what <laughs> his controversies and kind of just like it's pretty much just a i guess prologue for that much then episode two he goes to a therapist and he tries to understand what is a sociopath because he's like he's trying to figure out if jake paul is a sociopath so he goes to a therapist and they talk about what a sociopath is and what's the definition of it and everything is it all about jake paul yeah pretty much yeah okay and then episode three is he goes to like a person who used to be at team 10 and he like quit or whatever. And so he's trying to get information from him. Oh no, no, no. Episode three is about the family. And that's when you start learning about like Jay or Greg Paul and the mom or whatever. And like, they're super effed up. And if anything, it's like, there's a good chance that like whatever tendencies that Jake Paul has is actually from like his parents and Luke, I almost said Luke Paul, but Logan Paul. Um, And then episode four is when he talks to the guy who used to be a part of team 10 and like the horror stories and stuff like that. And what was it like to live in that house? And so then the most recent episode uh, which I mean, this could be completely out of date by the time I say it, but the most recent episode I've watched, let's put it that way, um, is the episode five where they finally meet Jake, Jake Paul. And so they just basically spend a day with him. So like, I just got to the part where um, he like takes him in the, this like four, four wheel rider. It's like basically a, you know, go kart on, or a Probably golf like a cart on, on, on like steroids or whatever. And so like Shane Dawson's just like, oh my god, oh my god, and he's like going off road and stuff. Like, yeah. So I so, mean, so far I've really enjoyed it. That that whole family is very interesting, um, or the whole Jake Paul situation. Just oh god, because, yes. Like I I am one of those that I followed Logan when he started on Vine. 
You know oh yeah, I mean? right. I I remember in 2013 because six Brian, second increments is totally okay with him. Yeah. Well, so like I well like I remember him being in high school, and then I remember him being in college, and then I remember yeah, like, right, okay. like the changes, and then when he switched from Vine to YouTube when Vine was dying, and so I remember following all that, and I you know I really enjoyed it, and the whole time I remember Jake Paul being in Logan's shadow. I remember seeing Jake Paul's vines, and I'm like, you're funny in some aspects, but you're just trying to be like your brother. And so to watch that dynamic change and switch and Jake Paul go so far to one other side to be different from his brother that it actually, it didn't, I don't think it hurt him because I mean, he's not hurting. He's hurting in the public eye, but he's not hurting (laughs) in popularity by any means. Mm -hmm. So that whole, that whole being starting from the beginning with that whole thing is so interesting. Just how time has lapsed and I'll, I'll check it out whenever I, Definitely. Which will probably it's, be six it's months It's definitely from now. interesting. Like, I wouldn't say it's like, it's, it's definitely not like a, like, Discovery Channel or History Channel, like, level of documentary, but they do a really good job as far as, like, making it feel like an actual documentary or documentary, um, show that you would find on, like, Netflix or something like that. So, it's very well produced. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, I mean, I think that I think that's the end of the show. Unless you want to bitch about Walking Dead for a little longer. No, but something something I will say, and <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and say it on air. Like, do I, it. I, I I listen to do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> um, something that I noticed. Um, so yesterday I listened to last week's episode, the first episode of Weekly Grind. Mm-hmm. And then went back and I listened, started to listen to, to our show that we did Nerd for this third. week, for Nerd yeah. of the Third. Mm-hmm. And um, I really do in, enjoy this. I think that since we've done this, since we're doing this, like it kind of gives new dynamic. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I think that this is great because I, I enjoy this little like just chit chat rather than right. having to, to get through through that. Um, but I hope all of you guys that are listening enjoy it too. I, I feel like giving you this is kind of giving you a more deep dive glimpse into us rather than yes. just putting on a show for you. And I think that I yeah. personally respect that kind of content. So, yeah. And I mean, that's why, that's why I enjoy doing it as well because, uh, um, because like, I like the more structured nature of nerd to the third. Uh, like we have a really good list of games we think that should get the Arkham slash Spider-Man treatment. And it's like, I, it went a completely different way that I didn't, didn't think it was going to go. Um, and then we had a really good discussion about, you know, like, um, well, I mean, you guys had a really good discussion about Spider-Man, but it really went yeah. in interesting ways that I don't think it would have normally went because maybe we wouldn't have had enough time because we were we spent most most of the time we spend most of our show in Weekly Grind. So it's like, well, what would this show be if we could get out of Weekly Grind and get to more interesting topics? Not that what we did like today, for instance, not that it's not interesting, but it's like I always kind of felt like it mushed with what I was trying to do with Nerd to the Third. So now right. I kind of get my cake and eat it too because we have our Nerd to the Third and that's really structured and it's very like, you know what pushes my buttons or, you know, and we get to talk about topical stuff and then we get this on the side where it's like you know we get to talk about whatever we want to talk about 
You know, it's like I didn't mean to talk about Walking Dead for that long, but it's like that's just what was impassionate in in me today. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I really like I mean, it's very, very seldom that you get to have your cake and eat it, too. And I feel like with Nerd of the Third and Weekly Grind, we get two situations where it's like we get two different shows and we can still have our professional side which is like nerd to the third and then we could just have our very personal side and it's like if that's what you want to listen to is our personal side go for it if you want more professionalism and that's you know we have that too and so in this instance the cake is not a lie huh I said, in this instance, the cake is not a lie. It is not. (laughs) All right, so thank you so much, Nate, for joining us today. You're welcome. And thank you guys for listening. Make sure you can go to TX3 Productions on Twitter, or you can go to ThreatX3 Productions on Facebook. Um, and just add a at gmail threadx 3 productions at gmail and that's our email so you can get a hold of us let us know what you guys have been doing and everything let us know what you like about maybe the new structure that we've been doing or any suggestions and let us know um, thank you so much for joining us today for the second weekly grind oh god I got it bitch <laughs> he returns <laughs> thought I had gotten rid of it. Long hold on, hold on. Ago. While we, hold on. In the middle of us doing this, hold on. I, got, I have a question to ask. Hey, where are you going? My dear fecker. Does this, or does this bottle not look super... Hold on, hold on, put it in Does this bottle not look super phallic? Phallic? Like As a dick. Penis? Yeah. So I yeah. had this I had this in my pocket at work. And and one of the <laughs> one of the pants I wear slacks or like cargo car uh, khaki cargo pants to work. I had this in my slacks and so my pockets were they were a little tighter. And I looked down and it looked like I had a little dick in my pocket. <laughs> I had to like double take for a oh, second. Oh, hi. Are you happy to see me? My goodness. <laughs> yeah, this fucker's girthy. So, sorry, sorry, ma'am. <laughs> it's a good quality bottle, though. I like it. I like it. Like, it's like the, the other ones I have are typically like the little like medicine dropper things, but you take off the top yeah. and it's just a little stem. Is that, a, is that for your vaping? Yeah, it's my juice. It's vanilla, okay. granola, and honeycomb. Oh, good. Because I'm a little fancy bitch. Mm-hmm.